Hey, Potential Podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Potential Podcast. Before we begin today's episode, we'd like to take a moment and talk to you about something that means a lot to us. This podcast was created to be a source of fun and entertainment, and although we love to nerd out with you, one thing we do take serious is mental health. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. And at any time, you can request a new therapist at no additional charge. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Stewart, and I'm joined by my co-host, the current king of Sokol Khan. See how I did that? That was pretty I did good. like that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and uh, my co-host, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the latest edition of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the 30th film and the follow-up to 2018's Black Panther, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, this is brought to us by screenplay by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole with Coogler back to direct after directing Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther was notably a huge success for Marvel and the introduction of T'Challa slash Black Panther. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, a man who we have done uh, a great dedication to uh, just his his craft, his and the thing is, you know, we talked a lot about Taylor, a lot of roles that people probably may not know he did that really were notable performances. But of course, his most famous role was in the MCU. That's what most people remember him for. The, the fact that they were going to go ahead with this sequel and how to do that with the incredible difficult task of you not only have lost your lead actor, you also lost your lead character. That's a very hard task of how do you continue the story or how do you move this franchise forward and how do you honor Chadwick Boseman all in the same film. So we were very excited to check out Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The trailers looked awesome. If you've not seen this film, this is a spoiler warning. 
Spoiler warning. We will be talking about some major plot points and character moments. So uh, this is your spoiler warning. But Taylor, what is a brief synopsis of Black Panther Wakanda Forever? And then we'll get right into it. So Black Panther Wakanda Forever um, follows the unfortunate death of T'Challa. And the film, it's not stated what, what's happening. It's some sort of heart condition, but we're kind of coming right out of the aftermath of his death and how Wakanda and the world and most notably his inner circle and family, how they're affected. So from his, his mother, the queen, to his sister, Shuri, um, and kind of figuring out what is what is Wakanda without the Black Panther. And now, not only are we losing our center, our leader, um, we also have already exposed the world, the power that Wakanda is, and now we don't have a protector. So now Wakanda is not only left with the heart and soul, but it's also left without its defender. So they are striving to not only embrace their way of life, move forward, but also protect, most notably, vibranium. As this is happening, there is um, a new threat on the horizon as we find out that there is another uh almost a hidden community or hidden uh, country and people just like the Wakandans uh, under the sea, if you will. And we are introduced to a most notable character, uh, very similar vein of Aquaman is Namor or Namor. It's uh, they pronounce it any way you want. Depends on what, uh, <laughs> what country you're from. The Canadians say yeah. Namor. Um, yeah. So, um, and so they're dealing with the threats of the world, but also how are we going to interact with this other nation that not only you know maybe want to hurt us or would they be maybe become an ally and um it's also really kind of a you know there's a lot of great note performances here but it's also kind of the i would say one of the main characters of this one would have to be uh shuri i think who was t'challa's sister by leticia right i think she kind of really is a big uh kind of like carrying this film and there's so many good performances but Towards you know the back half of the film, she kind of really does lead the charge with this film. Yeah, the, even the the very beginning of the movie, we get this little kind of prelude scene of Shuri is she's trying to come up with some kind of thing to save to her brother's life, and you know she with all the technology she has, she's so tech driven. She has some device where she can see this huge like DNA strand, and she's trying to put the right stuff in there that would maybe help take care of this thing and every time she does it the the probability is like 28 percent. 20 it's very low and right when she's trying to do like one last round her mother comes in the queen and she's like t'challa is gone and you can just tell that the weight of like oh gosh and really the movie starts with this funeral sequence and what i did really enjoy was they not only did Ryan Coogler decide like, okay, we have to incorporate the passing of Chadwick Boseman into this movie and to make it that T'Challa has passed away. Yes. They don't really quite say exactly what it is, uh, but it was almost in a way mirroring the real life of Chadwick. No one really knew he had colon cancer for so long until really his passing. Uh, something he wanted kept private and not, you know, out in the news outlets and everything. So you do get this like beautiful, celebration type funeral and of course it's not celebration because they're happy he's dead it's a celebrating their king and i think there was some great costumes and you have this like tribal kind of dancing and drumming 
And this is where, again, Black Panther really stood out. The first movie in this one continues that trend of these gorgeous costumes and makeup designs. And, you know, it it is this fictional African country, but a lot of it is set in the real type of stuff that would be worn for things like this. And so I thought that was a great kind of start to the film. And then we pass to a year later and we get that like, yes, they're they're trying to move on. They're trying to just go on with their life. But because Black Panther didn't leave off with this whole, we're going to allow the world to see Wakanda for what it is and share its resources. Well, of course, people are going to be very greedy about this. Uh, as we've always seen, people really want vibranium. They, they want it for weapons, for their own good. And I liked that already in the beginning of the movie, even though we have this, this powerful moment where the queen is really being like, you know, if you try to come for our stuff and we don't we don't trade vibranium, that's always been our law, we don't do that, we will protect our things. Like, you can come for it, but guess what? And we have this whole great scene where these French mercenaries come in and try to kidnap this vibranium. And, of course, who is there but Okoye and Dora Milaje, and they just take all these guys out and it's and they literally walk them into the the like the un and that was that was pretty cool they're like they drop them off it's oh like, no no one uh no one wants to claim these people oh well uh oh france yeah you these are your people uh yeah so it was a really it's a really great powerful moment to be like we are still a force to be reckoned with and um that you know um wakanda is closed today um uh but uh because of you know their efforts that okay we we can't get into Wakanda, but the world, you know, nations are still attempting to find vibranium. So they have this device that allows them to detect, uh, you vibranium. know, um, yeah. And of course, this leads to uh, them having to search um, a very uh, forbidden, you know, or maybe mysterious world the uh, under under the our oceans. And this this whole sequence when. Um, the it's such a great scene you know it brings harkens back to when we were talking about james cameron thinking of movie the abyss yeah and, it was very uh, the abyss uh, creepy well, right and was that other one there was that other one with um uh christian stewart or whatever but it was like very yeah, like deep or whatever it's called yeah, yeah this but this whole creepy. sequence where yeah. all of a sudden they're all the people are getting picked off and then all of a sudden there's this like siren kind of thing and people like jumping to their these like workers to their deaths Oh my gosh. So, and it was cool visual, just like the guy with his goggles looking off in the water. And you see like one head and then like all of a sudden like 20 heads. But like they weren't like when they would come out of the water, it was like smooth. Like there was no water going everywhere. And it was, it just looked like these creepy heads. And you're like, oh, these, these are the Talacan. And this one lady trying to escape on helicopter. And then all of a sudden something is spinning the helicopter around. And we, we just get this like shadowy figure of Namor in the distance you can see his his wings on his ankle flying uh which is that's straight from the comics so people are like who is this guy who has these hermes wings that is actually straight from the comics now i, I had to look back because i was i was holding back laughter i'm like this guy with the cupid ankle wings yeah actually I no i thought it was cool because we we talked about so far with miss marvel They've been wanting to introduce the mutants, and Namor definitely is like the first mutant, or at least, you know, I guess you could look at Apocalypse as well, but at least in this, what they're doing is like he's one of the first mutants, and he's very strong. He can fly because of his wings, but he also can swim underwater, and we we the whole thing about this in a second, but just Namor himself. I mean, Tanakh Huerta is fabulous. Uh, this guy's already had quite a career 
um, in like Spanish language films, but he he is like a great choice for this. And I did think Kugler did a good job of, well, we've already celebrated a fictional African nation. We should take what would be Atlantis, because that's who Namor really is. Namor the Submariner, he's the ruler of Atlantis. Well, there's another uh, superhero, you know, big time franchise that also has that whole thing going on with DC. So maybe we should take... Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's take the idea of Atlantis, but let's put it to Latin America culture. Let's yeah, more, make it yeah. Telecon. Let's make it this Mayan Aztec inspired uh underwater people that Namor is in charge of. And I I mean the design alone I thought was really cool. Like Namor has, you know, he has all this cool jewelry, like the jade and all this stuff in his ears. And he's got this cool suit. Um, but then all his people, you you come to find out with this whole backstory moment with Namor is like the they found a similar thing that was like what the the herb is that they would take to the Black Panther underwater. They found this flower, this kind of substance to when ingested, you actually could then breathe underwater and live full time underwater, but also give you super strength, swimming, all this kind of stuff. So he gets the best of both worlds because he was in his mom's stomach at the time. She had not given birth to him and she ingested the plant. And all that stuff. So it was like that was kind of cool that like he he was almost born like realistically a god. And that's why people look at him as like this god is he he can fly like a bird, he could swim like a fish, all that kind of stuff. And really he is coming off more of just like he's protecting his people. He's like, Look, there's somehow they've been discovered. I don't want my kingdom to discover. I want to know where's Wakanda stand. Are we on the same page? Are we enemies? Because, uh, look, if I have to do what I have to do, I have a full army. I have more warriors than you have anything. And he's very threatening without trying to be too pushy. He's just like, just letting you know, I'm going to take things in my own hands if I have to. And then he kind of like swims off and you're like, I know. Oh, okay. He sneaks right into Wakanda, like no no Fs to give and like, hey, you know. Um, and so, yeah, so they're like, whoa, what, what, do, we, what do we do? Because... This guy's a threat. And so he's like, who who created this device that can find vibranium? And so it uh, leads Shuri and Okoye uh, to Cambridge. Places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cherie, uh Williams, which is very exciting because now we are introduced to her uh, moniker known as Ironheart. Uh, and she's, which is kind of funny though. She was at M- M- MIT, correct? Yes, and so isn't uh, isn't MJ at MIT? So that'd be kind of, I wish we had little, uh, you know, Ned and them floating around MIT. It would have been actually pretty cool. Well, that, there's there's always room. I feel like, you know, we are going to get an Ironheart series, which I think could either be partly pre-Black Panther 2 or post-Black Panther 2. Um, this was one of the characters of the film that, although I enjoyed Dominique's take on this kind of, she is almost fangirl a little bit of oh my god your princess Shuri what what are you doing here and and when a, when a, <laughs> Akoya was like hiding in the bathroom and like she tries to hit her with like her boombox and then she just has a spear that comes out of nowhere and she cuts it in two there's a lot of funny things where you could tell it's a little bit of that humor just like how Tony Stark would be the thing for me was throughout the film Riri it felt too fast and this is the thing is. This is a two-hour, 40-minute film. It is long. It felt long in some scenes. 
her growth is like she's already made a suit very similar to how Tony made a suit in the desert cave. Yo, build us in a cave of scraps. <laughs> and then yeah. she goes to Wakanda and instantly she has built this like Iron Man suit. And I was like, I wish we had seen a little more of trial and error to get to. And I feel like this was the character they wanted to throw in here to have somewhat of that same just as Shuri was to T'Challa as kind of like, I'm the tech girl. Now that Shuri was kind of taking place of like the main character, they wanted that for Shuri. So that's why I think they threw in Riri. Like I said, I like the character herself. I think it was just too quick to get her to full Ironheart, at least by the end of the movie. But they are like, we need to get out of here. They're going to come for you. And... We do the, get this like chase scene that I will say the first half of the chase scene, I was kind of like let down. I think just because we had that really cool car chase scene in the first film. Yep. With the actual Black Panther and like, you know, using that device for like if it takes a lot of damage that it can blow up and all the cool stuff. And we kind of already had that. But it was the second half that really, I think, took it up a notch when we yes. get some Talokan warriors showing up. Especially when we do get here, um, we have two of kind of like, I guess you could say Namor's like number one, like lieutenants, or I guess you could say, if you want to you know, put it that way. Uh, they pop up with some warriors, and even that was a cool shot. Like, it's like a killer whale drops them off. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's cool. That's fine. It's just a normal Like, game. all these different whales. It's not just a killer whale. They have like an orca. They got a humpback whale. Uh, but we do get this like pretty cool battle scene and we get some great lakes, like spear on spear action. And also the introduction of these water bombs, I thought were pretty cool. Yeah. It was like, um, Lobo water bomb action, you know, you know, what's his face? Uh, um, Zack Snyder was just watching being like, finally someone gets the slow mo. But, uh, they, after this battle sequence, they take Shuri and Riri with them. So Koye is left like, crap, what do I do? She go back to Wakanda. And this is where we get the very, like, this is the scene. A lot of people are saying this is why Angela Bassett should be nominated for an Academy Award. This scene of, I think we should go and, and find the princess. I've given everything. Well, now today's the day you're, you're, no, you're, you're being stripped of your title. Yeah, she got excommunicadoed. Yeah. Uh, Wakanda. And, and I thought uh, that was pretty... Yeah. I thought that was pretty crazy just because Okoye has always felt like the most loyal, hard, loyal, yeah, mo- most loyal to the crown, to the, her country. And it almost like without her leading the, this, you know, army and being, you know, kind of leader of the Majora Dome, right? Is that what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. Okay. The, thank you. Yeah. Um, Dora Malage. Yeah. Dora Malage. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a major domo. Um, yeah. uh, no, Majora. Uh, what was it again? I'm sorry. The Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. So her leading that, that is her identity. And it's like, what do I am now? And it's almost like, it's very similar to what, uh, it was great because I wish they brought him back, but you know, they referenced that with her, was her husband, her love uh, played by uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Very similar. He said he couldn't come back for this uh, due to uh, Nope was filming, I guess, at the yeah. same time. But it was kind of like he got excommunicated because, like, again, you he was a traitor to the crown. This felt like a traitor, too. So it was very, they had very similar, which I thought was a good callback 
to, to that and to what his character represented. But yeah, it's, it's a very intense scene for both of them. And you're kind of thrown off like, whoa, like I didn't really think they would go there. And so, yeah, that was one of my, the, one of my favorite scenes for sure. That throne room scene. Um, but uh, we do get uh, uh, not many uh, Marvel uh, alum come back, but we do have one from the previous Wakanda and, and uh, we got previous Black Panther or previous other films like Civil War. We get Everett Ross back. Uh, we get uh, uh, our, our boy and he's kind of like their kind of their go to kind of helper. And of course, we get a nice little realization that he is connected to uh, uh, Valentina, uh, played by Julius Dreyfus as. Uh, actually they were married and she obviously we know that she's going to become the leader of the thunderbolts which has been announced and she's been kind of teased other ones so that was kind of interesting to see kind of like her connection to a lot of what was what to come i did feel for a two-hour 40-minute movie they had too much of her in this movie yeah Uh, surprising i I think a little tease would have been better yeah i think just a moment even just that first scene of can you drive me to langley and you know we have a long time to talk we can talk about our marriage and then him, the rest of the movie could have had maybe a little more of an adventurous side because it did feel like I get, you know, this whole film ends up being Wakanda versus Talokan. And you could even discuss how a lot of this becomes the black on brown crime type of equivalent to our real world of like, there's the, you know, powers that w- that would be in the middle who Martin Freeman's character represents. And, you know, the whole like is America gonna come in and intervene, you know, the white man, you know, kind of thing. And I feel like just it was too much of her in the movie. She was it was kind of played for a little bit of like, oh, you know, she's kind of like a laugh situation, and we still really know much about her character. We're gonna get probably more of her. Yeah, it still kind of throws me off with her in that role because I don't know what her role is supposed to be. Is she supposed to be intimidating, supposed to be humorous? It kind of like it still it kind of threw me for a loop in there. Yeah, because I'm just like, if you're gonna be uh intense be more intense that we get like oh you're this is not because of course you and i we look at her and just go like it's elaine with some purple <laughs> hair and yeah. i'm like i i want to see why she is such a big deal and i think we're gonna get more of her as we move forward but yeah he's definitely helping them to try to you know keep people off the track of what's going on and he doesn't want to he understands that if he reveals to her to valentina that Namor and this this hidden or you know world exist, then Shuri and Riri will definitely be killed, and doesn't want that to happen because again he's like, she saved my life, so I need to do my best to make sure she stays alive. I did think the sequence of Shuri and Riri being like in this kind of kind of cool aquatic cave, and that's where they could like take the water dive to go actually see Talokan City. And I love that actually was pretty cool because again, it's like, well, if he's from the water world, let's, let's see this place. A little glimpse. Yeah. And this felt very, this was those moments where you could look at Namor as like, again, I don't think he's, he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. I think he's just, he's had this protective feeling about his kingdom. And especially with the, the surface world colonizers, all that stuff. That he's like, I don't really know where Wakanda stands in terms of us, in terms of, you know, why did you choose to let the world know you existed? But he has this whole kind of beautiful, you could take it as a little creepy, but I kind of saw this beautiful side to him almost having like a romantic little bit of a, it was almost a little bit of romance with him and Shuri and him like showing 
her his kingdom. Yeah, without being, it wasn't really explicit, but I could see what you're saying. Yeah, I could notice that. Yeah, because he is trying to be like, look, look who. You know, seduce her in a way like yeah. hey we are very we're not that we're not so different you yeah not. exactly uh, yeah um so this is the i need you to understand me and i thought that was a great way to kind of like this is this is why namor is is quite the anti-hero in the comic so this is where you could be like okay you can understand his motivations and he is even more you feel more for him than you did killmonger's character where you could see both sides of killmonger as well um I think that was really good with with that, and there is this, you know, hesitation where she's like, "I I, I believe this is beautiful. I, you're right. I we, I have to bring this back to my people, but I can. I would love to protect your secrets and everything." Yeah. So meanwhile, while this whole thing is going on, we have found that there's a scene where Ramonda goes to actually find uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character Nakia, who she's been living in Haiti uh, pretty much since the blip, and we get this whole thing that like she, you know, she was a big part of black Panther. She was not part of any of the Avengers films and uh, her really being like the love interest of T'Challa that she did not come to the funeral. And she just felt like that would have finalized that he really was gone. And so she kind of almost in a way, it looks like she's kind of started a new life of taking care of these children in Haiti. And she doesn't want to go back to that life. But Ramonda's like, Look, you got to do this for me. You got to go save Shuri. You've had this experience before of going into different cultures, nations. So we do have Nakia going on this whole adventure to kind of infiltrate Talokan. And she does get to this cave and she ends up, you know, blasting a few of the people that are trying to, you know, keep Shuri and Riri captive and take them to the surface world. And the whole time this is happening, Ramonda has gone to like, you know, the, the waters to try to bait Namor out and have this whole exchange. And you do get this whole thing of like, okay, now Namor is like, you have taken my prisoners. You have offended me. You've, you know, devi-. so he's like, I'm coming for Wakanda. And he's like, get ready. I'm going to drown all your people. And like, he's pissed. And this is where I think one of the best scenes in the movie was in terms of like, we need some big action piece. Namor's revenge, I guess you could call it, or Namor's Namor's a little pissed. His war is showing up. And, you know, we do have we have Winston Duke back. Here's M'Baku, who's who's awesome as always. He's not in the movie as much as I wanted him to be, but he's he's great. And just this scene of like all these people show up and they're starting to like break these water barriers. So like Wakanda people are like starting to drown and like they're grabbing them and trying to kill them in the water. Very creepy again, very intense. But this moment where <laughs> Maku like he like jumps in the air to try to hit Namor and Namor just does like a Rafiki block and it breaks Maku's staff. And he turns around and does this slow mo like yeah, epic Super punch. Saiyan punch. And it's like, like at first, like dude, knock the wind out of it, but like, yeah, you almost like got killed i was worried for him for a second but like we, we can't keep a good mbaku down um but you just see the power namor like uh ryan coogler had stated that he could go toe-to-toe with thor and or hulk, hulk. Yeah, yeah exactly he's Both, super yeah. strong plus the flying sequences were awesome i mean yeah. like he's darting around his wings on his ankles and he's taking out these these ships and like no one can really take him down but then we do get this moment where he he 
sees where Ramona is in like the main chamber and he's trying to break in there, break in there. And eventually this whole water thing happens. He throws like three or four water bombs in there and you just see this huge slow-mo explosion. And now it's like, oh, Riri is starting to drown. And Ramonda in her last kind of huge moment does save her life, but it does cost her her life. So that was, even that to me was big, just already having a death of a main character. Uh, Angela Bassett's character does die. And so we then have like another big funeral moment. Not as big as the first one, but it's like, and even M'Baku's trying to be like, he's like, look, your brother left me in charge of watching over you and giving you advice. And so like, you know, if, if there's something you need me to do, let me know. And she's like, I want to take all of Wakanda and take you up to your area. We need to be away from water and we need to figure out what we're going to do. And this is where we move into the, okay, clearly we need the Black Panther. Like we need someone to fight Namor who's strong enough. Namor, again, in the sweet moment, had given her this bracelet that was had belonged to his mom which was in, in, infused with that plant from Talokan. And that's why when he was born, he had all this cool stuff. Shuri has been using like 3D printing, which that already to me was like, can it really be like something that you 3D print and it still has the magic of like what the original product was? Yeah, that kind exactly. of bothered me. It felt too easy. But her using some DNA from her brother and whatever... And then infusing this bracelet, which has the power of this talacan flower, I was almost like, shouldn't that turn the herb into, like, you have water powers now? It felt weird that it made it turn into, like, oh, now we have the the purple flower from the first movie, just like that. Yeah, should be, like, Black Piranha or something like that, you know? Like, yeah, I yeah. was like, I was like, it'd be cool if, like, maybe she's still the panther, but now she can go underwater. And maybe I mean, maybe, yeah, have- it's like, maybe, again, one of those moments where you've got to spend your dis... dis uh, disbelief yeah yeah suspend the disbelief so yeah I, I i didn't think about that when i was going there i almost i knew it was coming i was like oh they're probably going to use that little uh thing so i can see yeah because mm-hmm. i mean it, obviously it's like it, it makes like 98 percent accurate so they they 3d print it it does glow yeah she decides to oh this is probably it. safe let's take it yeah it's fine it, um she doesn't bury herself she just like stays on like on a, a floating stretcher but this was a really cool scene. This was a scene I think was very earned because the thing with Sherry, this whole franchise, not even just this film, is she's very thought. She it's all thinking. It's all it's very analytical person. Exactly. It's she's she's not big on feelings. She's even this whole thing of Ramonda, her mom being like, "You have to bury. I mean, you have to burn the funeral clothes to really like say you know goodbye to your ancestors." She's like, "I'm not gonna do that." Like she's like, "I don't. I don't do that." She takes the flower, she goes into the astral plane, and she's in the big chamber, and she sees the throne, and she's like, Vata? And the cool, the camera has this kind of, there's like this dark, creepy music going on, and the camera just turns on the throne, and we see Michael B. Jordan back as Killmonger, and he's like, hey, little cuz, and it was just like, oh, to think of all the people you think that she would see, T'Challa, she would see her father. She would see her mother. No, she sees, of all people, Killmonger. And he's like, look, you look at everything in your life. Are you going to just sit by and be noble? Or are you going to take care of business like I did? 
Like, look, you need to whip Namor's ass. You need to do it, and you're the only one who can do it. And she's like, why would I see you? And, like, seeing, like, all the, the burning of the chamber. That was a cool, like, almost nightmare sequence in a way. But I thought it was really... It was a well-earned scene for, like, her to realize that, oh, maybe I... As much as I loved my brother, I'm not my brother. I'm me. And I had to be my version of the Panther. But she does come out of it. She's good. She gets her suit on. And she's like, now general status. She's like, we got to go to war. I wish they'd picked a better location for this big kind of final battle. Because we have like, we have like Wakanda's Titanic ship. (laughs) Like, I I was like, what? It was so weird to me. Like they were like, "Oh, we got to go out in the middle of the ocean, and with this weird ship, we'll only bring in like X amount of warriors, and we'll try to bait them there, and then we could fight Namor." You know, the whole idea of like, "Oh, if we, if we really dry them up or like get them too hot with fire or something, we can actually make them weaker." And I'm like, "Then why did you go fight in the middle of the ocean?" It just there were some choices that I think that were kind of weird, but we do get this big battle sequence. Um, some of it was really cool. I mean, it was just cool to have the Black Panther again. And Shuri is very quick. And she has her cool guns infused into her fist that we've seen her use in previous movies. And I love all the gold aspect of her. So it was kind of a different, more feminine, cool vibe. I was not really a big fan, though, like I said earlier, of the Ironheart design of the suit. It looked a little too Japanese cheesy to me. It looked like more like Big Hero 6. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Um, that was weird. And then I'll tell you, the thing I absolutely hated was that blue suit that Akoya gets into with uh, her fellow warrior. I That just looked dumb to me. It looked very, it looked like a video game character, not like an actual suit of armor you would wear. It was just weird. Every time her head would pop out and it was still like this hood thing she was on, I just, I didn't buy it. But we do get this big old battle sequence and they're, you know, it's like very typical, like, oh, uh, Okoya always fought that big dude. She's going to fight him now. Riri's going to fight the sister, Nomura. Great. And, you know, Namor does show up and we do get this cool scene, though, of Namor versus Shuri out like on the, the, the beach, if you will. And this was the first time I think, like, even with Black Panther, we really got some like claw action. Like, she claws. This up. is a very brute for Black Panther being one of the more physical superheroes. This is probably the most brutal fight we've seen. And yeah, it was like, intense. Dr- yeah, that, this cat had claws. Let's just say that. Yeah. She came to fight. I mean, like, obviously, Namor gives her a lot of good licks as well. But, like, I mean, at one point, she scratches out one of his his wings on his ankle. And he looks pissed and she's getting like scratches on his face on his chest. And she's getting punched like no one's business. Cause they were so strong. Um, and we do get this moment where he, he spears her like into a rock and you think like, is this the end for her? And he's trying to get back to the water. She claws off the spear and gets herself off of her. Then her suit kind of closes up, probably starts to heal her. And there is, you know, the broken down ship, the Wakandan ship. And she, just at the right time, makes it go back on so that it burns the back of him. And so she's got him right where she wants him, and she's about to kill him. But then she, this was actually, I think, so beautiful. They show all these scenes of T'Challa and her memories of T'Challa. And I think in that moment, even though she would, from a 
analytical standpoint, be like, this is an enemy of Wakanda. I should take him out. She sees the noble side again. She sees like what her brother stood for as a king and as a man. And she offers him peace. She goes, look, if you stop now, if you yield, we will protect your culture and we will make sure no one knows you exist. And he does yield. And even Namor at the end, his sister Namora is like, why did you do that? Like, we could have taken them. And he's like, look, there will be a time where a bigger war or threat will happen. And Wakanda now has us as an ally. So we will be then for them. He's like, she could have killed me. She should have killed me. She let me go. So this is awesome ending of good respect between these two leaders. And again, that honor of like, maybe there was just some miscommunication. Things get out of whack. You get scared. Yeah, you kill one of my people. I killed some of yours, you know. So we are left in this kind of draw. Uh, And, you know, just like in the first film, you would think at this point, this is when Shuri would, would take the throne. And she's not there that day, but Mamako comes out and he's like, uh, I'm going to challenge for the throne. So I do wonder if there's been a, some chat of Shuri being like, I don't want it. I want you to take it. You know, Wakanda needs a proper leader that actually knows how to run something, which he's already run the kingdom up in the mountains. So, but uh, she goes to Haiti and meets up once again with Nakia. And we have this kind of beautiful moment where she's just like out on the beach and she actually takes out her funeral robes and she burns them. And she has all these memories of T'Challa and that's how the movie ended. And it was a very beautiful, like just her kind of finally having that moment to let go. Um, But then we get this post credit scene where Nakia walks over with this little boy and she's like, uh, this is my son. And you get that obviously this is T'Challa's son and that the queen was even on it, that they should have lived not in Wakanda, not for him to have the stress of the throne. And T'Challa definitely wanted that. And there was a reason why they didn't want him to go to the funeral and all this kind of stuff. And now it's like, this is a, this is my son. And she's like, Oh, that's a cute name. And he's like, that's his Haitian name. It's like, what's your, What's your Wakanda name? He's like, hi, I'm Prince T'Challa, son of King T'Challa. And you're just like, there it is. I, you know, we've been wondering for a while now in a multiverse situation, would they just recast and have another T'Challa? I think now we're going to see a young T'Challa kind of take over for that as this franchise continues, but also as the MCU continues. But um, yeah, that was a beautiful kind of way to end the film. This kind of like, oh, the new generation, you know, a part of T'Challa lives on through his son and his family. And again, it, it's a thing where this is a movie I'm going to want to see again and really like give it some thought, but the ultimate difficult task, you know, we've talked about before with like Batman, we, the Dark Knight stands out as one of the best films of Batman and comic books ever. We always wonder what that third film might've been in the trilogy if Heath Ledger was still alive. That's slightly different because he wasn't Batman. You know, the, I mean, The Dark Knight Rises is still a great film. This is still a great film. There's a lot to enjoy in this. And especially the introduction of Namor is incredible. The Talacan people. And there's a lot of kick-ass women in this movie that are really taking the reins and giving some great performances, some great action. 
it's just a hard task of like how do you continue to franchise when you've lost your lead actor slash lead character and i think ryan coogler handled it with grace and he handled it as well as he could have while still continuing the mcu as we know it so it's one that i i definitely will want to go back and revisit and see how it stands for me but i think for the things i did enjoy some things i didn't enjoy i did not just because of I think, again, it's like that sense of disbelief. We have to move the story along. We gave a lot of attention to the dramatic, emotional moments. Maybe some of those quick plot points have to just kind of breeze by because we got to keep the show going, folks. So for me, I think after a first go with everything, I probably stand somewhere in like a 7.5 out of 10. Like visually stunning. I like the acting, the music again. Kugler always picks the best music. Uh, the Michael B. Jordan cameo was excellent some stuff I wasn't so into. So it's like, yeah, I'm at like 7.5. It's not quite as good as the first one for me, but I still had a really good time. And I think, again, the the honoring of Chadwick was a very hard task, but they did a good job with that. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go between the two of us on the cancer, so much more emotional. Um, I um, This really tugged to my heartstrings. And I agree with a lot of the points you had. I would say, for what it accomplished in terms of an emotional, more contained story, um, very similar to the first one. I'm going to give it an 8.5. I'm going to give it an 8.5 8 out of 10. Um, I also like the fact that it, you know, continued, you know, from the opening credits to the flashbacks to the honoring of an amazing character in the MCU, an amazing actor in person for Chadwick Boseman. It was a great tribute um, and uh, it was also great that they didn't uh, cheapen the ending with putting in some sort of cheesy uh, spoiler for another film. They kept it there, which I thought that was also very respectful. So that's my take on it. Um, what about you all? I know this is going to be very, um, it's a very big film for everyone to enjoy. And I hope that you did, especially whether you are just coming into the MCU very recently or you've been a fan since uh, Iron Man. Um, but check, check this uh, out. You can, uh, Give us your thoughts. Let us know in the comments. Uh, keep us posted. But you can go see Black Panther, Wakanda Forever in theaters now. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email the Potential Podcast at Yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.